Welcome to Explain with Kane. My name is Kane. And I'm Luke. And today we're going to be talking about good versus evil. This is one of my favorite topics because there are so many like really, really good books that dive into like really what this is. Like The Picture of Dorian Gray, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Frankenstein. There's just so many like really, really good books about it. Yeah, I think... Uh... There's a, a writer slash speaker, his name is C.S. Lewis, has a very good description of the Battle of Good and Evil as well. Yeah, go ahead. Share. Well, let's uh, let's talk about all of the different dichotomies of what um, good and evil could be. Because good and evil is a, a topic that, you know, goes back to the very beginning of the world. Um, and so there's different like viewpoints of good versus evil, uh, is good and evil. Has it always been, is it created, um, is good versus evil something that is taught or is it something that is written in our moral beings? Do we all have a moral code that is within us? Um, and so, I mean, I think to, to talk about good and evil, we have to break down, all of the different um, ideas in order for us to gain a true understanding. So, um, I mean, I don't know, with the books that you quoted, what what is uh, most commonly the, the theme that you see in them? I would say that we, there is no pure good and pure evil, that within all of us, there is a good versus evil. And that it's all about the actions that you make that decide whether or not you're predominantly good or predominantly bad. But ultimately everyone is going to have, I don't want to say evil urgings, but bad urgings, like something within you that wants to do something that you know is wrong. And maybe you do act on that. That's perfectly natural. But the point is that you know what's good and you strive to be good. So good and evil is a natural occurrence. It's not something that is, you know, taught as, as in, you know, different religions might declare different things as good and different things as bad or, you know, a moral code. Some people would say is given by parents. You're saying that it's something that is every person is born with. Yeah. And I think it's more uh, pronounced in some people and it all goes, you know, it's childhood. You come up with coping mechanisms and sometimes like the line for you is a little bit blurred. Like, um, I see little white lies as somehow productive in some ways and it turns out good, but But, some people are like lying is never good. So let's talk about coping mechanisms in order for coping to be something, there has to be pain that is experienced, which comes from an evil thing. Would you say that's correct? Yes, so, but I think that tracing back the evil thing is a lot harder than just saying like, oh, your dad was mean to you. But was your dad mean to you because he was an evil person or was it because he was coping with the pain from his But evil life? is evil. Is it? Yes. Do you think that there is such thing as amoral? My like, example, are you asking if like things are black and white or if they're sometimes gray? My my question is, let me let me use this to explain it. So you could use music as you know there is such thing as evil music out there, right? So like 
things that are, are very much like vulgar and celebrate um, injustice and uh, inequality and all of these things that is evil. But then if you go to the other side of the spectrum where, you know, it's, you know, light and frothy and, you know, it makes you feel good type music, that would be good. Amoral would be like either here nor there. But they're going to be like hidden messages. People. Like, what do you think of the band, The Killers? I, I think. Mr. Brightside, it kind of, you know, at first glance, it really glorifies envy. Okay. Yeah, but the Killers are a Christian band. I think that you have to understand what the the people are saying, what the song is about, and it can fit in one of those categories. But if you present a song as glorifying evil and most people accept it as glorifying evil, if the intention behind it was not to glorify evil, does it fall within the good or the evil spectrum? I think that people can take a good thing and make it evil. Do those have to be evil people to do that? Or does it just have to be like a matter of opinion? I think that there is something evil that is making you make it evil. Like you. It, so is an evil within you or an evil within the song? I think. Staying on your analysis of music. Um, I think anybody can take a good thing and make it evil. I think everything that is evil is starts out with a good thing. Like So there can, is no evil. It's just good that's been twisted. That's evil good that is twisted is evil so there is okay. so you so can it all you starts can, as good everything is good but then when the good thing gets twisted it becomes evil people can um people work for money right but if you strive to make everything about money you, you it's going to be evil because you're going to start sacrificing people for money so working for money is a good thing but you can twist it and make it evil by overriding everything for money so you can make a good thing bad let's untwist some things that are like classically seen as evil then and like bring it back to its good roots just because i'm curious like murder like i'm just gonna go with like the biggest thing that everyone sees as like evil Mm -hmm. or like hurting children Mm -hmm. you know that's something that people are like that is automatically evil that is just there's no gray area for that Mm -hmm. evil i guess it doesn't have to start with good so you perjured yourself i mean i i I guess i mean or do you want to retract the statement i guess i retract the statement that it doesn't always have to be starting off of a good seed um but i think that the majority of the time, most people fall into that, starting with something that is good. So do you think like, okay, to go with that, you know, like a father or mother or anyone, I guess, could see what they're doing to a child as like growing your child to be correct, you know, raising them to be the best person that they can be Mm -hmm. and just like hurting the evil out of them. Making them, like, automatically associate things that are wrong. Because children will innately do things like smack and hit and yeah, I think that I think that discipline is something that is good, but it can be taken out of context and it can form a very unhealthy situation. So that's something that's good. I, I get, maybe I'm retracting my statement again, being that, like, even with, um, like, sexual abuse, like... Sex is something that is good, but people can take something that's good and make it evil. 
So maybe I'm retracting my statement again. I would retract the retractment of it starts off with a good seed and it is then made evil. Okay. Okay. Like um, war, people say that they're fighting for a good cause and, you know, they for America, we go against anyone who threatens our government, our like way of government. Like if we find out that someone's trying to do communism, we're like, well, now we're done with you. We need you to suffer mm-hmm. for that kind of thing almost as like a punishment and then that's somehow seen as like good because we're like yeah you know in the end we're helping like their their people helping their population because their government is now corrupt i think that seeing something as good doesn't make it good a pedophile will see what he's doing as good but it doesn't make it good so so it's it's like truth is is um there's only one truth like there's there's not multiple truth it's not like you have your truth and i have my truth there is one truth so is then like the judicial system corrupt because it shouldn't automatically be like okay then there's something wrong was done and there's only one truth and that's that what you did was wrong like why do we even have a judicial system shouldn't it just be like what you did was wrong you you hurt somebody you did something wrong we're locking you up like why do people get a trial just because of false accusations or is there another like why do people debate whether or not people were right to do a wrong thing if because there's one truth? because there is multiple perspectives and there but if there's only one truth perspective doesn't make it true because so so i could i could uh have one piece of a puzzle and i think that the puzzle is you know um of a, of a family, right? Or, or let's say that um, I have one, one piece of a puzzle or even one section of a puzzle and it looks like it's a, it's a man. So I say that this puzzle is of a man. This whole picture is of a man, right? And then you have, you know, another piece of the puzzle and it's of a, a woman. And so you say, no, this puzzle is of a woman. There needs to be um, some kind of system that can take both sides and see the full picture, the full puzzle, and say, well, this is the actual truth. It's actually a picture of a man and a woman. So good and evil can be intertwined in like that. Um, what do you to mean? To the point where you have to pull them apart to see what's really there. I think that in order for... Or are you saying that evil can dis- disguise itself as good? Oh, one, 100%. Evil can 100% disguise itself. I think that evil often disguises itself. Because I think that... And that kind of gives evil like a... Pardon me. But do you think that like that creates evil in a way that it's like... Sentient? Yep. Do you know what sentient means? Alive. Okay. Has thoughts. The way you said it, I was like... (laughs) You said you think that evil... There is evil forces and good forces there's like yep an actual war between the good, good and bad and evil. yep i don't think so okay let's talk about it okay um why do you think we're here on earth <laughs> like if we put it like good and evil i mean obviously probably happens in the animal kingdom as well even though it's much more like well a lion needs to eat so it's gotta murder but murder's wrong you know, it's that kind of thing in the animal kingdom. But speaking, just like focusing on like humans, like why are we here if it's not to like 
create a better world so much. Like, unless we're here by, like, random chance, which I guess I'll never rule out that we're just... Because sometimes it really does feel like we're just here chilling, waiting for the end. But, like, if there was a purpose, doesn't it seem like if someone had a greater purpose, it would be a great purpose? Yeah, I think that, that people like to, to, to use that we are here off of natural occurrence or uh, out of randomness as a an excuse a lot of times or even as a way of justifying themselves um i think that when people actually like look at the the all of the chances that have to be in place for us to randomly be here that um that it's i mean that's like it's crazy like those people have to have to believe a lot of of in a lot of chances in a lot of very small percentiles for us to be random. Have you seen the show Afterlife with Ricky Gervais? Nope. Okay. There's a scene where he has a coworker that's like, so you're an atheist. You don't believe in a God. And he's like, yeah. And then she says, well, what's stopping you from raping and murdering all you want if there's no God? And he says, I do rape and murder as much as I want. And she goes, what do you mean? He goes, I don't rape or murder at all Mm -hmm. because I think that's wrong. Even without a God. Mm Mm-hmm. I still think that rape and murder is wrong. It Mm -hmm. is wrong. Mm -hmm. So given that, it's not really like people think that we're here for natural causes and they're like, all right, let's just like wreak havoc. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not really. I think you can deny that there is a God, but still have the, because you are made, you are created by God. Just like how we are created by our parents. There are still genes that are passed down from our parents there are still genes that are passed down from our creator in which makes us, i.e. our moral code. No, I identify myself as agnostic. Like I'm not, I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like there might be something out there, but I'm not sure if I identify strictly with like a God. I just feel like maybe for me, it's just personal things, like a personal kind of like, I've seen too much stuff to believe that there could be like a just god out there i just mm-hmm. feel like humanity has too much hurt to like justify that a loving god would do this to us even mm-hmm. if it is a fallen world and all of that yeah i just have a hard time with that but i've been reading a lot about studies of patients under hypnosis and a man dr michael newton has found he can like hypnotize people and see like the world between lives where we go between reincarnations of reincarnation is the correct way to go and he was like a total skeptic of it but all of his patients were describing the same place he was like i didn't do any suggestion they had no idea what they were coming into but every single time i hypnotized these people and like took them back through like a process that i found it was exactly the same without any prodding what was that place he describes it as a place where our souls go and it's like our home. It's a place where we don't have bodies. We go through a tunnel, we get there, we see our family, and then we're taken to this place where we learn how to live a life to better achieve moral goals and moral ends and make the world a better place. And yeah. we keep getting better as we go through lives because we keep learning. Yeah. And then... So so this is has always been a thing. Correct. Yeah. And then it describes actually, like it says that, you know, there are people who have gone through so many lives that they're masters and they're teachers now. And then there's like judges that you'll go in front of that will help you like decide which parts of your life were like 
parts that you did really great on and parts that you need to work on. And then they said that above that is like, some people describe like a Godhead, yeah, like a how, creator. Do you know, one. do you know how old this guy believes the earth is? It didn't say in any of the books. I'm not sure. So how old do you think the earth is? I wouldn't say millions and millions of years. Okay. So I guess my question is, is if we, so would you, that, with that belief, I don't know if you believe that, but with that belief, are we reincarnated or we, or did we have a past life? I think some of us are, but it did describe new souls being made all the time. Okay. The population of earth is constantly growing and new souls are. Right. So with that, with. I'm not saying that's what I believe. I'm just saying. Yeah, right, right. Saying. I'm just, I'm talking about this idea, this idea, if this is, you know, this idea, there would be more people reincarnated than new births. Would you say that's correct? No. Because not everyone is re reincarnated? After so many reincarnations, like, you know, some people's learning process are, is shorter than others and some people have a longer process of learning. Once you've achieved some amount of goals, you become a teacher and a master and then you stop reincarnating and then your sole job is in the spirit world guiding other souls. Like we have... It describes our own guides. We have guides in this life that we meet up with after we die and we hash things out kind of thing. So I guess my the, the, the challenge that I have with that is if that's the case, why does this world seem to be getting worse and worse if, if we are supposed to be getting better and better? Because the population keeps growing. There is an abundant amount of new souls but all if, the time. But if we keep on this path, we're never going to reach. If you think about it, I don't think the world is so much getting worse and worse like i i'm not saying at, at by any means that the world is a great place because as i've described i think it is horrible but what i'm saying is i mean look at like medieval torture devices and look at how quickly they were to put those people through those do you think that's not going on now i definitely think that people are being tortured but i don't think it's as commonplace i, think I don't think it's as, as like seen as okay like i think a large a larger amount of people today would condemn that than they did in the middle i think ages. it happens in other ways i think it's the okay. same amount but it's even worse because people don't even see it i don't know if that's true just because of like the rise of the internet we see so much more actually i think that's why the world does seem worse is because we're seeing so much more of the world in real time so quickly everyone's just trying to get content and views out I think the internet is even a, a great example of something that makes it even worse though. Like the internet makes the internet is a torture device of its of itself. Cyberbullying. It's not just cyberbullying, but it's also just like the comparison that happens. Like it's it's not even like that it's more psychological than physical. I well, I think nowadays it's 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 both. It's both size size psychological and physical and I, I wouldn't say I'm not saying that it wasn't psychological back then I think it's but I think it's even more psychological now which makes it more hidden because people don't think about it but I guess even with you with that with that idea with us having um spirit guides I guess that 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 is a sentient good right 
And so I think for me, it makes sense that there's also a sentient evil as well. Because if if there is an evil that is just there, that isn't sentient. According to that, it was human nature. Human nature is really, really prone to violence. Souls described getting back and being like, I just forgot how hard it is to be a human. Like your brain is constantly. I mean, I agree with that. I think that human nature, in that way, flesh is a very yeah. The more I was thinking about it, the more I was kind of like, you know, people have out of body experiences, so like the body exists without the soul for minutes at a time. Are we like parasites? Like our souls like coming into bodies and, you know, essentially like human beings without souls would be kind of like animals. No, kind we of, are human beings because we have souls. That's what that's what I'm saying, but like the bodies that we're in, would we just essentially be animals and the souls are like parasites and they come in and they like make us better, but um, following the, you know. I mean, I don't know what this guy believes, so I can't, I don't think I can really. That's something I came up with like while I was reading it. I mean, I think that, that um, there, who's the philosopher? Um, it starts with a C. C.S. Lewis? No. <laughs> Um, maybe it's, maybe I'm talking about Planck. Planck is a philosopher, right? Let me, uh, there's a guy, there's a philosopher who came up with a categorical empirical cat. Let me, let me Google it. Categorical imperative. Kant. Kant. Yeah. Starts with a K. Whatever. Kant. Yeah. The categorical imperative. Um, is a, this is, uh, I mean, he has, he has so much, but, um, universal principle of person should act that the principle of one's act could become a universal law of human action in a world in which one would hope to live. So that that's what would make it moral is if you take this situation or this choice that you're about to make and make it a universal law. So everyone does it. If the outcome is good and it's some a place that people want to live, that makes it moral. Um, and what also is moral is a person should treat other people as having in, intrinsic value and not merely as a means to achieve one's ends. So that's like what makes it moral is if if um, what makes it immoral is if I use you in order to get myself farther. So morality is selflessness. Um, in a sense, yeah. Um, but, but what he also talks about is um, things that do not have um, reasonable thought or potential to gain reasonable thought do not fall underneath the categorical imperative. Babies do not have the um, opportunity to receive. Oh, well, never. Yes. Okay. So, but but then there are like gray areas with that thought as far as like people who are brain dead. They don't fall underneath the categorical imperative. So do they have a, a reason to live? But... That's heavy. It is heavy. That's heavy. It is heavy. And so, I mean, but there's always like those, those moral ideas as far as, I mean, Kant, I think he's, he's also the one that, that has the idea of if a trolley is going down a track 
and there's a split that you can control which way you go. And one has, you know, a, a, a baby and the other path has an old person, which path are you going to go down or change it? If one path has, um, someone you love and the other path has three people, which path are you going to choose? So there's like all of these like different things, different like conversations of like, which one is the moral choice? Do I, I think those thought experiments are less about there being a right answer and more about like really coming to a part of yourself that realizes that right and wrong is subjective. Explain that. Is it right to kill the old person or the baby? So you're saying that right... Is it right to kill the old person or the baby? Well, there's two different thoughts. One is at the end of their life and one's at the beginning of their life. Correct. So you're saying that it's right to kill the old person. Because this old person's going to die anyways. It's never right to kill anyone. Correct. There is no moral but what correctness do you mean, in the situation. What do you mean that moralism is subjective? Two people could have two different opinions. I mean, the old person is full of infinite wisdom. Mm-hmm. The baby doesn't even know how to speak. I don't think that it's right to say that it's subjective just because it's a hard scenario. I think that um, that kind of goes back to what I was saying with people that that choose to to believe that God isn't real. Um, it's because it's a hard conversation. And in order to believe that, to believe that there is a God, you have to go through a lot of pain. And so because it's a hard path to go down, you just avoid it altogether. And so I think that, that saying that it's, um, subjective is to say that I choose to not think about it and just kind of stamp a subjective on it of people can choose whatever they want. I, I agree with I you. think in the long run, no one's going to come in a situation where they're on the trolley. So so that situation won't exist when it comes to our moral, moral choices. Because, because people take that scenario and say, moralism subjective because of this. I mean, I think the ultimate correct choice would be like, jump off the trolley and grab the little baby because they'd be the lighter one. Point it towards the baby, grab the baby and jump off the trolley. I mean, there's always like a workaround. Okay, but let me get back to what I was saying. Is that if people stamp that as saying moralism is subjective, morals are subjective, then they take that to their whole life and say that my morals are subjective. So what's moral to me may not be moral to you. What about like murder and self-defense? You don't think that can be kind of murder is wrong? but you're protecting yourself. And like, let's say it's a mom with a baby. If the murderer kills you, the murderer is going to hurt the baby. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's immoral. But murder is wrong. Otherwise it would be subjective. I mean, I think that if someone came into my house with a gun and I had a gun and they were going to shoot me and they were going to shoot my wife, I would do anything that I could to not kill that person. 
like I would try to shoot them in their leg or something to slow them down, right? Like slow them down. They shoot with a finger. Right, but if I shoot them in their knee and run into another room, they're gonna have a hard time getting to me. Is what I'm saying, and that's gonna give me an opportunity to either escape or get the authorities. I know, but that's jumping off the trolley and saving the baby. Okay. Putting yourselves in a situation where but that doesn't mean murder that, or be murdered. But that doesn't mean that morals are subjective. Okay. But in a situation where it's either murder or be murdered, don't you think it would be subjective in that situation? Because murder is always wrong. But should you let yourself be murdered because of your morals? What is... At that, we're going to take a brief pause. I think it's um, jumping back in. I think that it, that in order to talk about murder, we have to define murder. So Killing someone. I googled it, actually. Oh, boy. The unlawful premeditated killing of one human being by another. Or to kill someone unlawfully with premeditation. So, in that situation of someone coming into my house and with the intent to murder me, I am not unlawfully killing them. So killing someone can be morally correct. Um, according to my understandings at this moment right according now. According to Google. It's not according to Google because Google gave me a definition, not an answer to the to your question. Okay. So this is just your point of view. Point of view as of right now. This doesn't mean that my point of view is going to change. Um, but I would say that killing is not always immoral. This is it. The real you. It's <laughs> nice to meet you, Lucas. I mean, I, 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 I think that multiple people would agree with that, though. In that way, I mean, we look at, like, martyrdom as, like, the ultimate path to sainthood. You know, you're the ultimate good person. Um, if you earn no, that's not true. It doesn't mean you're the ultimate good person, but you do receive a higher treasure in heaven if you believe in heaven. Yes, but on earth, you know, people. It's a it, you get a, a different crown, I guess. I, I I don't know what the the proper. I mean, they uh, wrote books about the girl who, at the school shooting, when the shooter asked her, "Do you believe in God?" She said yes. Mm-hmm. She got shot, and everyone was like, "She is amazing!" Oh my gosh, they wrote so many books about her. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's something to be celebrated, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I celebrate her, and I am encouraged by her faith. Like, I, I am very much encouraged by her, and I do celebrate her decision. And I, I pray that if I'm ever in that decision, I could be as bold as her. So you would lay down your life? 100%. If, I would if like the to kill, think so. Only if the killer asked beforehand. Say, same situation, someone broke in your house, do you believe in God? I will say I will one hundred percent say yes, but I'm not going to just let them shoot me if I have a means of defending myself. If you don't have a means of defending yourself, so they're going to shoot me no matter. So they're either going to shoot me or they're not going to shoot me if I say no. Which situation do you hope for more? That I would say yes, and they would shoot me. That is the situation that you hope for more. So, 
Are I'm, you saying that because you don't want to kill them or because of oh, martyrdom being oh, celebrated? I, I thought you were saying... Okay, what, I'm glad you didn't understand okay. the question. I did not. I, <laughs> I thought, was concerned. I thought you were saying what situation as in me saying yes to the question or no to the question. You're no, I'm saying, saying would you rather have a gun and be able to be like... Or would you rather not have a gun and be a martyr? I feel like I... Your faith. Um, what situation would I hope for more? Um, I feel like I would rather not be shot and i would rather defend myself however i i feel like there are people out there with um i guess faith that is greater than mine that will say i would i know people that that their goal in life is to be a martyr like i've talked to people who have said like my goal is like i go overseas and i'm killed for my faith that is one thousand percent in my perspective mental illness that's not them saying that i'm gonna go there i'm gonna find someone to ask me that question to shoot me that they're saying i'm with that being their goal but they're saying i want to go over there and i want to be in a situation where i am so bold about my faith that someone kills me because of how bold i am with my faith which is i respect that you might have a different perspective than i do and it it's just okay sounds to like disagree. religious hysteria to me I mean, like, is the ultimate. I, I I think that anyone who is not religious will think that because they they think it's crazy. But I've been religious. Like I've lived a life of religion before I came to my current belief uh-huh. system and my current life. Yeah. And well, I think that there's difference between religion and faith. I was very faithful. Okay. I I still never, ever, ever. Okay. Well, I guess I guess there are people who would who who are Christians. Or are underneath the title of Christian that will also think that that's crazy, but I think that's just dependent on where they are in their faith. But it sounds kind of like the hysteria that comes from. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a cult. cult. Yeah, <laughs> like it kind of sounds like that. Like it does. Look at like Waco, Texas. Like people who are just really willing to die for their lifestyle. But I mean, look at how we look at the guy from Waco, Texas. Look how we look at like Jim Jones. Uh-huh. You know, we're like. Wow, no one's like good for Jim Jones. He died for his beliefs. Yeah, no but one thinks compare that. Compare Jim Jones and compare the guy from Waco, Texas, to Jesus. I'd rather die for Jesus than anybody that's leading a cult today. But okay, I you guess know what? I, it's not I, fair I think, to compare Jim Jones to that just because like those people did not die willingly. I would agree, but Waco, Texas. I don't actually. I don't understand the fullness. I think that there were people trying to get away and get out of that house, but he wouldn't let them get out of the house. Yeah, but you know, you always have like your uh, radicals. Yeah, your radical. That's a good word. Yeah, your radicals who mm-hmm. are like okay with you know, and then yeah. he was their like God. Yeah, so yes. that's what I'm saying. Like you know, that's your God, and so they like you know. I think my saying? God is way different than their God. Yeah, they think that their God is way different than your God. They actually think that. They actually believe that's the same guy. They they believe in the same God, but they believe that the person that is leading they them is a prophet. Prophets. Yeah, and they are willing to die for the prophet. I'm not willing to die for someone who says that they are a prophet. And they and From God a speaks purely to them. objective perspective. What is the difference if the God is the same? From believing, and this is a genuine question, from believing Muhammad is a prophet, from believing uh, Jesus is a prophet, from mm-hmm. believing, you know, um origin go on uh muhammad, muhammad I mean, i'm not an expert on muhammad and his... he went up to 
a mountain. Mm -hmm. And one time God's God spoke to him. Mm -hmm. This is the story. God spoke to him. Was he chasing after God? He or did God come to him? God came to him and he was terrified. Like Mm -hmm. his first response wasn't like, oh, glory be. He was like, oh, my God, I'm going insane. I literally just hallucinated. Mm -hmm. And then he slowly came to terms with the fact that like he had a mission to serve and that was to spread, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah. So it's a fallen man, a man who has a bold thing to say because you know, it's not a bold Muhammad thing. is some people's version of your Jesus. Whereas, I mean, your Jesus, it's believed that is born into Godhood. No, he's not born into Godhood. He came out of Godhood. Yeah. Into humanhood, which I would much rather worship a man who came out of godhood to serve and give his life so that we can have freedom. But if the words that he preaches came from the same source as the words that Muhammad preaches. I don't think it did. That's a belief of yours that does not coincide with everyone in the world. Well, they're wrong. That could... Start a lot of wars. Well, you <laughs> also, I mean, I, I'm, but I'm talking about like the origin story. The origin story of Jesus and the origin story of Muhammad are two crazy different things. Well, one is a lot more fantastical and a lot more hard to believe, and that is yours. It's going to be hard to believe because that's how you prove your faith. No, but what I was, but it's kind of like what I was saying earlier, where it's people believe the easy thing rather than going to the hard thing. I mean, I would say it's a lot easier to believe in Jesus because, I mean, the recommendation is just go to church on Sundays and read your Bible and study. And really That's a misconception. Him. I'm saying from an outward point of view. Whereas if you look at, you know, some of the radicals on the other side, they're literally dying for their faith very, very, very actively. I would say it's a lot harder to believe. I don't think so because those people... Look at, at, I mean, you know, they wear clothes that Mm -hmm. cover most of their body. Yeah. As a Christian, you can wear whatever you want. Yeah, but those people are sacrificing... um, Those people are... um, Doing those things in order to receive rewards right? Like those, those suicide bombers who are, who are, are killing for their faith, you know, they're expecting 40 virgins. Like they're, they're doing that for a reward. Muhammad says that. Do you believe you will not be rewarded? I think I will be rewarded, but I do not. Um, it is a hard journey and, and there are Christians who aren't going to be rewarded based on their faith. There are, there are, uh, it's not fair to say that they're doing it just for the rewards and you're not doing it just for the rewards. I'm not doing it just for the rewards. Yeah. So it's not fair to say that they're just doing it for the rewards. What do they get from suicide bombing? What they believe is they're actually like what do, leading what, people. But like what, what I'm saying is that the Christian faith. faith is harder because you have to give up your whole life. You sacrifice everything. You know what what those people did, uh, 9-11? Do you know what they did the night before they they killed? 
Good. They watched porn the whole night. Are you condemning Christians that watch porn? I'm not. But what I'm saying is that those radical people who are, you know, supposed to be so big in their faith are having like that, that they still have that root. And I'm not saying that there are, there are so many Christians out there, so many huge people who have those moral feelings as well. I feel like you're comparing an apple to an apple. <laughs> like I really do. I, the, but, but I guess what I'm saying is when I keep saying origin, because the origin of Muhammad and the origin of Jesus are two way different things. Muhammad was a person who said that who said that he had this vision from God and he started this huge thing. Jesus was someone who sacrificed unity with God to come to earth to serve and to die for us. So you're saying it all has to do with where their prophet comes from. I think that, So while their no, their prophet had it, it easier, their lives I don't think it has to do with where their, where their prophet comes from. I think it has to do with what the truth is. Okay. But there's no way to prove what the truth is. Muhammad came after Jesus. Okay. Continue with that line of thought. So because he came after Jesus, what? Do you think he was just kind of like ripping off Jesus? I, I so I, I guess no. Well, yes, one hundred percent he was. Um, but they view Jesus as a prophet. They view Muhammad as a prophet. Where is the difference of prophets? Why is Muhammad so celebrated and Jesus is not in their religion? I mean, if Moses was a prophet, what's the difference between Jesus and Moses? Jesus is the Messiah. Because, yeah. But not everyone, you know. People don't worship Moses. So, okay. This is, I'm kind of like, not like diverting the conversation, but I guess going parallel to this conversation. Let's talk about like <laughs> the Jewish faith, which, I mean, Jesus was Jewish. Mm-hmm. A big deal to God and a big deal in the Bible is the Jewish people. Do you think that just because they don't accept Jesus as the Messiah, God's going to be like, you know what? I took you out of Egypt, did all these different things for you. You were the only people in the world that I have truly shown my power for, like actively, not just like, you know, when people say like, oh, you're seeing the power of God, but like all of the firstborns were killed in Egypt. Suddenly there were like all these like, Famines and everything like that. The Israelites. The Egyptians. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, he showed his power to free the Jewish people. Like, actively. What other group of people has he ever, has he ever, like, rained fire from the sky for? I understand what you're saying. So do you think that because they're like, okay, I don't feel like he was the Messiah. Like, we're waiting. You know, we worship God so actively so vigorously do you think he's just going to be like wow i sent my son and yeah i didn't really like him uh there are two different thoughts on that some people um perceive it as the jews have a certain type of grace for them other people see it as if you don't believe in jesus as the messiah you're not going to get it and so 
Jesus's mission when he was on earth, he talked to the Jews. He talked to the Pharisees who are like the head of the Judaism, the, the, the church of the Jews, right? He was showing them that they're missing it. And he would go back to all the, all the prophecies that were said about the Messiah. And he was showing him that this is me. I mean, in the Bible, God is very forgiving to the Jews. Like several times they kind of slap him across the face. God is a forgiving God. Okay. So why doesn't everyone go to heaven? Because not everyone believes in Jesus. So there are going to be Jews who don't get to heaven. Correct. Even though that they, you know, have been constantly forgiven by God and they are his chosen people. And Correct. to the point where that's like that's... there's a special word that God uses for non-Jews. He says the Jewish very specifically. And then every other group of people is a totally different word. So we are all Gentiles. That's what I'm saying. There's two different perceptions. Some people perceive it that the group, the Jews have a certain type of grace for them. And we have to wait until the end of the world to find out which is the correct truth. Uh, no, you don't have to wait. You can. So which one's the correct truth? Obviously, you know, my answer to that question, but you have to go through Jesus. Yes. You don't think that Jews are going to have special grace. I'm not sure. I don't think so. So you don't know the truth. I don't know the truth on that subject. I know the truth of so who Jesus truth, is. So we don't know until the end of the world. Uh, we aren't revealed all, all of everything. Okay. So we're not going to know until the end of the world. I, From my understanding, I'm just not knowledge enough to declare a certain statement, and I don't want to declare a certain statement. I, But I would lean towards the way of you have to go through Jesus. But we're not going to know if that's even true until the end of the world. Or until death, I guess. Maybe not you. End of our world. You know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your religion is the correct religion. Yes. Out of all the religions. Yep. Even though there's proof for other religions. Is there? Yes. What? I mean, okay. So, do Christians believe in reincarnation? No. Okay. There are religions who do, and there's proof of reincarnation. What is it? There was a little girl. This is a true story. Look it up. There was a little girl, and she was out with her father, and she was like, I want to go home. And he was like, okay, we'll go home. And she's like, no, not that home. I want to go to my home. And he was like totally baffled, but she's giving him directions. This little girl, she's like five, is giving him directions. They pull up to this house, and the guy's like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm doing this, but my daughter claims this is her house. And she's like, calls her, the man that lives there by name, goes in and like, they're all just baffled. She's explaining things like, oh yeah, this was my name. This was my dress that I never got to wear. This was my room. This was, you know what this meant. This is a conversation I had with my mother. And it was all true of the family's 16 year old daughter who had been riding her bike and was hit by a bus years, years, years before. They had left everything exactly the same. Here, here's when the story's false. If Jack was like, hey, mom, let's go to my house. It's this one right here. You would walk up to that house and knock on the door and tell them that story. <laughs> I can't speak for what someone else yeah. did. But if it's like a true story, it's, it's like a true story. True. 
I just want to like say for the record, that guy is a dotist. <laughs> the one who was just talking. Yeah, I would also like to know the origins of that story. It happened in the Middle East where they predominantly believe in those things. I think that Shanti Devi was her name. 75 miles, 75 miles from where she was born. I mean, you can look it up. Okay, I will. Um, I think that there's also, um, there's plenty of like, also lots of people have been like, my kid says these crazy things. I researched them and they really happened to someone. There's no way he could have known about it. Yeah, you I know? think there's also a de demonic realm. I feel like a lot of the Christian faith is set on believing. I think, dip, you know, like, I mean, it, it, you have to believe in multiple things. You can't just be like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. You have to believe in multiple. That's a true statement. It's yeah. not, you can't just say you believe in Jesus and you're in. Yeah. There's, there, it's trust and believe. You but have, that's what makes it sound like such a false thing to me is that for everything, there's no like, hard answer there's like oh well there because is. we believe in this there's a hard answer what's the hard answer what is the question and i'll give you a hard answer um okay so if you're like okay well explain reincarnation you're like oh there's a demonic realm and they're just trying to lead you away from god everything is oh it's satan he's trying to lead you away from god yeah like that's just such a that's his mission i know but it's such a like cop out um, you can view it like that. I view a lot of other religions as cop-outs because of, because believing in Jesus is hard. So is believing in Islam. So is believing in Buddha. So how? is believing in like any of religion Bro, how is How is believing in Buddha hard? That nature, we worship nature. It's so easy Taoism. to worship. Everything is so hard. I mean, like every religion is a lifestyle of beliefs that you have to believe in that build on top of each other that ultimately changes the way you would have lived your life mm -hmm. i mean any religion is hard yeah but i think that that so like buddhism what did but what did buddhists believe i mean it's kind of based off of like hinduism um the vedic beliefs but it just builds on it it's dare i say like you can compare it to like christianity and I think you can compare multiple, th every religion to Christianity, because I think they all, like I was talking earlier, take a good thing, turn it evil. You, you take the good thing and you twist it. I think that most things root from Christianity. But that's the belief that like anything that's not of God is evil. Correct. If someone does something very good in the name of Buddha, it's evil. Um, it's not righteous. Like let's say they give all of their money in the order to help people or yeah, they literally it's a, it's save a good act. Life, it's a good act. But it's not righteous. Correct. Because it can't be righteous. If it's not of God. Of your God. Because God is righteous. Jesus is righteous. Nothing else can be righteous. Unless you're of God. Of Jesus. Part of the way. I feel like this is where we butt heads because probably we disagree. Yeah, yeah I do disagree. I just feel like 
I'm not denouncing anything to do with Christianity, Catholicism, anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying personally that a lot of things can be explained away. I I have um, experiences that are like, yeah, Jesus is real because of this experience. They're supernatural. Some of those with me, because I've had supernatural experiences, but I mean, there's multiple supernatural supernatural gifts, like words of knowledge of people, where you're just like, you don't know this person. But, you know, God gives you a word for that person. That can be explained in almost any religion. I mean, it's not like a hard truth of Jesus. Um, I think it is, but I think other religions twist it. But what if they think that Christianity... Praying in tongues. What if they think Christianity... Okay, so praying in tongues, that can be seen as very demonic. In context. Like, you have to see it like if another religion saw someone just, like, speaking in tongues and they believe that your religion is the incorrect religion. Mm-hmm. Wrong. That looks... Okay, let's open mind. <laughs> okay, let's just... I understand like, the perspective. Paul even talks about, like, he, he puts up guidelines of, like, don't do it in front of... Not these... a fan of Paul. What? Not a fan of Paul. Why? He looks kind of a... He's kind of a dotus. Why? In my perspective, and I understand that this perspective is actually shared by some scholars, and I say scholars as people who like really have studied the culture and the era and like the meaning and the context. I would like to let all the listeners know that I know what the word scholar means. So go ahead. I would like to say that Luke doesn't know (laughs) what a lot of words mean. So I feel the need to explain it. Okay. We're going to come from this from a peaceful place. We're not going to start this. <laughs> We're not going to start this. But they believe that, you know, Paul was given this, like, was kind of given the reins and was like, all right, go do the right thing. And he kind of is like, yeah, but, like, here's some of the stuff that I believe also. And it was not things that would have been, like, that the other disciples believed were supported by Jesus. Like what? Specifically, he had a lot of anger for his wife, and it affected a lot of. Please the tell me. He said. Please tell me the verse where it talks about his wife. So there's one that says something along the lines of like having a thorn in your side, Bro, you and legit, then kind of like goes on. on about like Time out. how Time no out. one should really get married. It's kind of no. just like a okay. Really First off, situation. you 100 percent got that from mother because I've heard mother say that multiple times. Oh my god, yes, I have gotten that from mother. You're absolutely you correct. You cannot to say that that, that is like scholars. Is that not in the out. Bible? <laughs> it, it is talking about the thorn in the flesh, but he, it, it, nowhere does it say. That, hey, this thorn in this flesh, he is talking well, about his wife. mom doesn't say anything original out loud unless she's, like, very private. She's very, like, she wants to, like, make sure that what she says is correct if she's going to say it out loud. She doesn't say anything that's, like, off the cuff. She's very researched. In I appreciate that about you, mom. But I think that mom. I, I love that about my mom. But okay? mom will also say, I because I've had conversations with her, she will say that my interpretation of the thorn, she says that my interpretation that is what she says. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that the thorn in his flesh he is talking about his wife. Specifically, not though, only I've does... heard like people who have studied the situation, not the specific verse, but have said that like the other disciples had a real issue with things with. And I'm Paul... like admitting I don't know the specifics, but like some of the stuff that Paul was saying, mm-hmm. they were kind of like, "Please stop saying that you're doing." This yeah, thing. he had an issue. <laughs> I think it, I believe it was with Peter. 
but it's because Peter was also going off the rails and Paul was holding him accountable. But I overheard it the other way. So it's kind of like, which one's true? I mean, if two disciples are both sharing the same word. Paul wasn't a disciple. Or, yeah, Paul wasn't a disciple. Two followers of Jesus are both supposedly sharing the word of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they're saying completely Mm -hmm. different things. Mm -hmm. Like. They weren't saying two different things. Paul, was, Peter was going off the rails. Like I won't say going off the rails because I don't think that, that was necessarily what was happening. But he was losing vision. Paul. But, I mean, Paul. Peter said the same thing about Paul. Which one's really did he? Where did you say yeah. that? Where does Paul say it? Um, he like straight up slanders the name of Peter in the Bible. It's not slander. He's. It's not oh, slander. Sorry, libel. No, it's not. It's not slander. If uh, one of my, you know, someone in my church is going off the rails and I and I correct them, that's not slander. It's holding them accountable. But it's in like. The sources of you and someone in your church are a lot different than the sources of people that founded a religion. If their words are in the Bible and their words are constantly quoted they didn't to found the religion. Okay, but well what I'm saying is if their <laughs> words, their sermons are constantly being quoted in defense of a religion's beliefs, then yes, they did. Paul opposes Peter. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you... Though a Jew live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? So what he was saying is that you Jews are defiling uh, this walk because of your certain actions. So he was holding them accountable to the vision and the mission that they were given. That is why they had issues. So if Jesus had been around when this issue happened, you think he would have like been like, yeah, Paul's correct. Yep. Thank you. It's a hypothetical, though. I mean, that's what I that's what I believe. Okay. Because if something you, to chew on, definitely something to chew on. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the context of what what's happening there, they are they are, because because Jesus says in the Great Commission, He says, "Go and share the word of all nations, all tongues, or tribes." Uh, what is it? Uh, shoot, it's Matthew twenty eight. Um, I forget what it, what it is, but the Great Commission, go and tell uh, all tribes, tongues, and nations is what it says, and to the ends of the earth. And so um, Jesus is saying, go tell all tribes, tongues, and nations. And the Jew and these, these people are trying to withdraw, and they are having fearful because they're going outside of the norm. But the mission is to go outside of what they're used to, and they weren't. And so that's why Paul was saying, hey, you guys are in the wrong. Do you believe that everything that the disciples said were, and the apostles, were of God? Um, everything that's... Do you that's, think there could have been room for 
you know, what certain people believe politically or what that, certain people in the scripture. Of. I mean, Peter definitely said things that weren't right and Jesus condemned him. I mean, yeah, Peter multiple times. But whatever is written in scripture yeah. is inspired by Holy Spirit and is the but word of God. Jesus decide what, you know, I mean, not everything that any of them preached was in the Bible. Not everything that, you know, there were people who decided what became the Holy Bible and what became. Holy Spirit decided. In what way? Mind control? No. Everything in the scripture is God-breathed. The Bible is God-breathed. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So everything that is there. So, so these people who are writing the scriptures are vessels of the Holy Spirit. They have the choice to coincide with what the Spirit is telling them or do what their so own. So you think that everything that, like every verse in the Bible is? Yes. Do you think that there was anything left out of the Bible that could have been? put in the Bible? Oh, yeah. We, we don't so have... So it's not a complete works? No, it is. For what we need, yeah. For what we need. Correct. You don't think there could have been anything left out that would com- maybe change the context of a couple things? Um, like maybe Jesus' sure. views on women? I think that what is given in the Bible now shows that Jesus really valued women. Okay. But it didn't really paint men and women as equals in the Bible, if you read it. Jesus painted men and women as equal, but the... But then why doesn't the Christian faith paint men and women as equals? Um, I think that you're mistaken in your perspective. In my perspective? Yeah. I, I think that men and women are equals. They're given equal opportunity. They're allowed to do the equal amount of things, equal opinions, equal power. I think that there is an order for... Um, and men and women are equal in this order? Completely equal? Not in just like the amount of responsibility they have. I'm talking about. Are you talking about church? Like the roles in church? I am talking about the Bible. I'm talking about in the Bible are men and women painted to be of the same being? Or is it painted that women are predominantly not as strong as men, not as powerful as men, don't have the final say? They are weaker vessels. Okay, now this is where I'm going to hit you with some truth. <laughs> I have done an extensive amount of research on the mistranslations. I bet of the you have. I have. I, I really, really bet have. you have. I really, I really have. I, I believe you. And it like <laughs> mistranslations come when like politics change. If the best way to get a people to act in the way that you want is to tweak a thing here, like a one word here and there in the Bible, you know, the English well, me, church when they you. like adopted like the let Christian me tell faith. You, let me tell you, if you don't believe that the Bible is God breathed and Holy Spirit inspired. In its current form, I do not. Okay. Well then we're not going to agree on anything that we're talking about right now. So this. I just cannot like wrap my mind around the fact that you like think that the Bible, everything is like a literal, as like a literal literal okay you're not going to be able to so you don't think that you know like you think that the story of adam and eve happened just as it says it is i think that the bible you don't think it's like kind of like a metaphor like you think that nope so who wrote it down adam wrote it down moses moses was there 
No. These stories have been passed down? Yes. There couldn't have been anyone who, like, forgot a part, so they made up something to I fill in to make it more interesting? I think that... Along the way? If you if you understand, like, Jewish history, people, like, memorize, like, the whole Old Testament. Native Americans did the same thing. Okay, I mean, oral so traditions the, passed the, down. The memory is, like, insane that they had. So Adam told his story to his son, and then his son told the story to his kids. Yeah, and, and I think I, that there's also the... The, the part that Holy Spirit inspired. What does that mean to you? Um, so. Because inspired, I mean, like inspired by a true story usually well, let means me, that's let not me, a true story. Let it's me, like based on a true story. So if I go up to a random person and um, I feel like Holy Spirit is giving me a word of knowledge of this person, and I say it to that person, it is a word that is inspired by the Holy Spirit that I say to this person. And if that person says, like, how did you know that about me? That is confirmed. That but if it means nothing to that person? I mean, people make mistakes all the time. And you could say, like, the Holy Spirit told me to say this to you, and then you're using the Holy Spirit's name in vain. Not at all. just an impulse. Nope, not at all. I wouldn't say that. I would say, hey. So there, there are different types of words of knowledge that you can have. Um, a, a certain type of word of knowledge is, like, um, if you pray, like, Lord, give me... I'm actually not trying to be combative. I'm genuinely trying to learn. Yeah, for sure. Um, Lord, give me, like, uh, show me someone who is in pain. And so, you know, you're walking through the store, and, you know, out of nowhere, you just get this sharp shoulder pain when you're walking by someone. And you're like, hey, do you, by chance, have a pain in your shoulder? And they're like, what the heck, yeah. Has that happened to you? Um, It hasn't happened to me in that way, but it has happened to people that I've been with that have experienced that. And so it's it's not like, hey, Holy Spirit told me that you have a sharp pain in your shoulder, but it's, hey, do you have a, a pain in your shoulder? They're like, yeah. Well, I, I prayed that that God would show me someone who's in pain and I, I believe it was you when I walked by, like I felt it and I just wanna be able to pray over your shoulder and you pray for them, they are healed. Even if they're not healed, you pray for them and you kind of just share Jesus, like he loves you, uh, you know, he is here for you. He doesn't want you to live in this pain. And so this is why he wants to be able to create freedom for you. Like that is like the tool of inspired word to impact someone. Hmm. This is really fascinating. So inspired word is like Holy Spirit giving you something to say. Just to play... I don't know if the devil's advocate is a good phrase to use. Also, here, but back then, God also spoke verbally. Why doesn't he anymore, do you think? Um, because Jesus, um, when he died, he sent Holy Spirit. And so now we have Holy Spirit always with us. Don't you think that the audible voice of God would be more powerful? Or is it like more of a way to like test faith? I wouldn't say that God doesn't speak audibly anymore. I think that there are accounts of people... They do hear. I haven't experienced that an audible word, um, and and so I. But I also wouldn't say that it isn't going to happen, um, or it's not like it can't happen. Um, I think that. Um, so I think that God also. Um, doesn't want us necessarily to have a an easy path. The Bible talks about like the path of uh, I forget the actual wording, but he's talking about like the narrow path and the wide path. The wide path 
is easy is, is easy and it's you know it's the path of the world pretty much and that's kind of what i'm talking about like christianity is hard christianity is the narrow path like and so um like this is a this is an example that i have for you from my church i feel like my church is going through a very hard time where there was a season of like a lot of growth and you know not only like people wise but also spiritually where people were like you know having new revelations they were growing in an intense way and recently it feels like there's been a halt and it feels like they're like walls up um and i believe that it is because god wants us to go harder and he doesn't want us to rely on feelings and all this kinds of stuff so he wants us to be able to push through and, and go harder and so i think it's also kind of like the same thing of like hearing his voice like if jesus just can't come to me and it's like wow jesus you're real but he says blessed is those who believe who haven't seen and so there's like it's talking about like the the path of of not just giving it to you but couldn't that celebrated. be like a, a merciful deity from another religion saying like i'm gonna put a wall up and i'm gonna make things really hard because i want you guys to come back to me i want you to find me you can explain it any way you want to explain it but that's blasphemy to you I wouldn't say it's blasphemy. I would say it's a different. No, I wouldn't say that either. I would say that you are just have a different perspective than I do. Two pieces of the puzzle. But it could be a completely different truth than yours and all the other religions. Like we said earlier about the judicial system. You're seeing a man. I'm seeing a woman. We put the painting together and it's a man and a woman. Yeah, but but Jesus has given us all of the pieces that we need to see the, the full picture. That's what I'm saying when it comes to the Bible and why, you know, certain things aren't in there. He's given us everything that we need in order for us to see the full picture. So you see the full picture? Yep. I'm not saying that that there are, like, puzzle pieces missing, but I see the so full picture. So it's not the full picture. If there's pieces missing, it's not the full picture, and there could be I important elements that you're missing. I see the full picture. No, because I have all the puzzle pieces I need to see the full picture. Yeah, so would anyone who thinks that they see the puzzle picture complete. But until you see all of the pieces, you really don't see the full puzzle. I guess I guess that is true, but I have what I need in order to believe what I believe. But other people see the same picture and they see it differently. They don't see the same picture. They do. They just see a different problem. No, they don't see the same picture. Because if, if they don't see... Who is to say that Jesus and Muhammad both... If you strip back everything that you currently believe and just look at... Muhammad has writings that aren't biblical. Okay. In what way? In that they're unbiblical. To what part of the Bible? There's a drastic change between the Old Testament and the New Testament. I've talked about this extensively with, like, pastors, actually. Okay, explain. So let's look at the God of the Old Testament. Okay. Let's go to war. Let's go to war constantly. Then the God of the New Testament is, I mean, it's not the same attitude at all is jesus the only thing that changed like he was like all right i'm gonna send my son and then i'm going to completely refigure everything about myself after i send my son down like no completely it's a different everything. covenants old testament old covenant new testament 
new covenant. There's two different roles that are fulfilled. So if you look at a contract, so say that, um, so our, our father, our dad is a CEO of a company. So he has a, a contract, right? And, and so his contract is, is where he's at now. Okay. Um, so say that later down the road, um, if, if I were to take over the company and I were to, you know, um, be the CEO, um, and he were to be, um, so there'd be a different CEO principal. I'm not saying that there's a different God. Maybe this isn't a good, uh, illustration, but I'm saying, okay. So say, say, okay. So say dad is a CEO and he has this, 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 this responsibilities. Okay. So let's say later down the road, he makes me manager, right? So I take some of his roles, the covenant or the contract changes, but it doesn't mean that dad is not the CEO. It just means that his, his, So the company went from being about war to being about peace. It, it is, uh, you have to understand why they went to war and like all of that, because so God is a faithful God. God is bound by his word. So what he says he has to do. Right. And so there's promises that he made that he had to withstand. Okay. But so there are wars that had to be done in order for there to be freedom. Um, but there's also wars that happened where these people were taken captive because they were, they, because God is a, is a just God. So where is that justice now? Um, what do you mean? Like if he truly would protect people that lived for him, if he like will sacrifice people that are like, I think I'm going to go worship a different God. Okay. But where is the justice in there being martyrs? Where's the justice in anyone who's going to war for God losing? Um, what well, you're going to see that. Let's take a brief pause. Let's just think about that. Let's not rush into an answer. Okay. So where is justice now? Um, justice is to come. The Bible says revenge is mine, says the Lord. Right. And so it's not about us going and, and, and getting revenge. Um, it actually tells us to forgive. Um, and in our forgiveness, we receive freedom. Um, and so he gives us freedom because of our forgiveness towards those people who have hurt us, which is super hard because people have pain and pain is deep. And in order to forgive, you have to um, give that pain up, right? Did you read The Shack? No. Or did you see the movie? Uh, I saw parts of the movie. However, justice is to come in the end days. And I know you and I disagree about the book of Revelation. You don't believe that the book of Revelation is literal. I do. I believe that the day of judgment is to come and that there will be justice on the day of judgment. So I went on a journey for God and it took me all the way to Mexico. And in Mexico, I read a book called The Shack. And it's very controversial because it quotes Jesus as a fictional character. Not like saying that Jesus was a fictional character, but... In the Shack book. is a fictional book yeah. where Jesus is the main character. He's not the main character. A man where Jesus is whose a character. daughter is like 
five-year-old daughter mm-hmm. is raped and killed mm-hmm. while he's on a camping trip. Mm-hmm. And his whole family is like a super big mess because of it. But his mm-hmm. wife is like a really serious, devout Christian. And he's having issues with God because like God allowed an innocent five-year-old to go through, you know, and he imagines like how his daughter must have felt like when she was abducted, how she must have felt like in the car. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and eventually he has a conversation with his daughter and his daughter says, um, no, I wasn't scared. Jesus was with me. Mm-hmm. and all these different things and how it leads to the man's ability to, I mean, God essentially solves the crime, mm-hmm. like takes him to the place where his daughter is buried. Mm-hmm. And when the man wakes up mm-hmm. from his meeting with God mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit and Jesus, he solves the crime. The ladybug killer is taken to prison and he goes and forgives the man. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you, what's your take on that? Cause I read the book and I, like I myself to this day, like, you know, maybe it's because I have a child, but it mm-hmm. like really chokes me up that story. Mm-hmm. It's a fictional story, obviously, but mm-hmm. it's about like, I cannot imagine if something happened to my son, I would ever forget that person. Mm-hmm. Even if like I had like a crazy meeting with God mm-hmm. and like the very suggestion that I should and allow God who allowed it to happen, you know? I mean, like this stuff happens, so I'm not like speaking like, to ask a parent Mm -hmm. whose child was, I'll say tortured and killed Mm -hmm. to forgive that person Mm -hmm. when it could have been prevented. Mm -hmm. Bye. I mean, you hear of all these miracles happening, why isn't it happening for like, the ones that he supposedly loves the most. You know, Jesus said, let the children come to me. Mm-hmm. So you want Jesus to intervene? Yeah. Why doesn't he intervene when he intervenes for like all these different things? Like, you know, you hear the stories of Jesus healed a cancer patient. Mm-hmm. There's no way the doctors were stunned. They were amazed. It can mm-hmm. only be like the work of God. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't step in for situations like this, but we're supposed to forgive him because this man is this acting out of brokenness. Well, like. This- you know, situation in the situation where child will. killers, yeah. The situation involves free will. So only in disease can he work a miracle? Not at all. I think that a miracle could be that person forgiving. That is a miracle. How is that just? How is what just? How is the miracle forgiveness? I'm saying and that not like the prevention. Come, I'm saying like that justice is going to come later. Just doesn't mean that. Our walls go up and bringing a man to like prison, taking like you know arresting someone, Mm -hmm. does not make right Mm -hmm. a situation where a parent loses a child. Yeah, what about that person um, dying? Does that make it right? No. Okay. What about uh, that person living and being tortured for the rest of eternity? No. That doesn't make it just. No. What makes it just? There is no justice in a situation that is worthy of a child being yeah. hurt. God doesn't killed. celebrate injustice. He rejoices in the truth. But if you could, how could like a loving God, you know, like that's the thing that I think like really just like makes me not believe it at all is how could a loving and just God allow for that in a world where he can prevent it. If he knows he can prevent it, is it like God didn't create us to be robots? 
if he created us to be robots. But why does he intervene for some people and not for others? When does he intervene for some people? Why does he heal people of disease or that's because save people? You know, I heard the inter- the interaction of two beings. There is free will involved. One person has has a person has the free will to hurt someone else. That doesn't make it right. Nor does God like that. His heart hurts for that. It says that. But we're supposed to like forgive it. Like that's what God's asking us. Well, just let it go. No, don't just let it go. Letting it go is not forgiveness. There, there is a there has there's a lady who came to our church who um, was abused by her father, and her father told her that if you tell anybody, I will kill your mother, and I will kill you. Um, she ends up telling her mother out after years of abuse. Um, her dad walks in the house with a shotgun. Her mom puts her in a cupboard and says, don't come out until someone comes and gets you. And she is in this cabinet and watches her dad shoot her mother. And the cops are called and he gets arrested. The cops are the one that comes and gets her out of the closet. And she has to walk over her mom's dead body. And she has been living with unforgiveness for years. And she walks into the church and she she is, is there a pastor on duty? And, and JD wasn't supposed to be at the church that day, but he had to pick something up. I forget. I, I don't know what it was, but um, he's there and he says, yeah, I'm a pastor. And she's like, are you on duty? And JD's like, well, as a really pastor, I don't think I'm ever not on duty. Um, but she, she sits there um, with our, our secretary um, and, because just like, you know, we want to stay away from one-on-one interactions, whatever. Um, and so our secretary is a female. So like she was able to share this story in, in a, a way that isn't uncomfortable. Um, and she, she shares this story and, you know, there was like, I think, the, I think it was like three hours, maybe I, I, I could be wrong. So uh, like, of just like conversation of, of, JD and Janet just like hurting with this woman and feeling what she's feeling and and trying to like minister to her. And, um, you know, she also walks in with a cane and she's like crushed over and she's just like, like legit, just like decaying pretty much. Um, and, and so after like hours of ministry and of, of hurting with this woman, JD like challenges her, like eat, you're going to keep carrying this until you learn how to forgive. And so he like, you know, challenged her to forgive her father. This, I mean, and she's like, she, this happened when she was 12. And I think she's, I think she was like in her sixties. So like years, she's been carrying this for years. Um, And she's like, I, and she just like pauses and there's like, you know, a minute of silence that it probably felt like, and she just like shouts, I forgive. And, you know, she, and she says that she like, I, I, she, you know, feels like, you know, she feels this freedom. She walks out and she's not even using her cane that she came in and why she's walking like straight and she's not limping. And so like forgiveness, unforgiveness creates a physical aspect. And when we hold unforgiveness, it affects us more than just emotionally. It affects us physically and it affects us spiritually. 
we are holistic beings, mind, body, spirit, physical, spiritual, mental. And so unforgiveness affects all of those areas. And so in her unforgiveness, she was able to experience freedom, not only physically, but spiritually and emotionally. And so forgiveness is not this thing of like, you have to do this because there are people that are living in unforgiveness, but there is freedom that comes with that forgiveness. So the unforgiveness that you hold, you are always going to hold resentment and bitterness. That is what unforgiveness is. It's resentment and bitterness. Off if you want to live a life of freedom, because in that situation, that person still has a hold over you. Yeah, but off the cuff, like my thoughts are, from a scientific standpoint, the euphoria of realizing that she didn't have to still be angry, you know, can be very pain relieving. I'm also allowing, you know, like just like random thoughts that I had was that if there's a greater good out there that doesn't care how you reach growth, as long as you reach the growth, then any religion is a good vessel for this. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's true. Additionally, this woman had a horrible childhood and then was rightfully upset about it and then was, you know almost punished for being angry about it. Why was she punished? For being angry about it, because she didn't forgive. How was she punished? You said she was walking with a cane. And... That's not her being punished. She was carrying it. That's out of natural... Unforgiveness? Yes. So, a spiritual aspect. I think it's spiritual Is there any mental. Emotional. Is there any, like, kind of wrongdoing i mean to me like hurting a child is like the number one like the number one for me mm -hmm. and it, even before i had a child mm -hmm. like you just don't mess with it mm -hmm. it is you don't kill a mockingbird mm -hmm. the whole point of that book is i mean like that book has multiple points but i found the biggest one to be if you see something that is happy and innocent Corrupting that is the one of the worst things you can do. Mm -hmm. So, to me, I mean, what a horrible thing to happen to that woman. Mm -hmm. Like, that is so, for so sure. horrible. I can't even imagine. Yeah, my heart breaks for her. Mm -hmm. I've never heard a story that's better for, like, yeah, you go ahead and you hate that person. Mm -hmm. I mean... You know, I mean, it reminds me of... Yeah, and, and I don't want to be mistaken that, you know, you can't be angry. Because the Bible says... like You can forgive but still be angry? You can be angry, but don't sin in your anger. How was she sinning in her anger? I'm not saying that she, I'm not saying that she was. So she's allowed to be angry? She's allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be angry when someone hurts you, but don't sin in that she's anger. she's just going to be like... Don't allow that, ang don't allow that, that anger to... Uh, I mean, what do you think of, okay, I'm not going to ask you what you think of concentration camps because the answer, there's like one answer for that and that's complete evil. They found written, I don't even want to call it a dorm, like the holding areas where they slept at night. They found like scratched into the wall. If there is a God, he will have to beg for my forgiveness. I mean, what do you think of that situation? People where, like, blame essentially... God. Yeah, people blame God all the time. But God hurts with you. Like that, that story of that, that child, God was with me. 
or Jesus was with me. Like I, I was okay. Jesus was with it's me. A fictional story. Okay. But I can also think back to moments in my life where I was in the deepest of holes. And you saw him? I didn't see him, but I look back and I realize that he was actually walking with me. I'm glad you have that experience. I think that if everybody, um, looks back and has the understanding of who Jesus really is, they will also see that perspective as well. So what do you say to someone who understood and like grew up with the same childhood as you Mm -hmm. had situations happen to them where they saw terrible things happen and they wanted so desperately and they prayed so desperately but like no good came mm-hmm. there was no like oh i felt the comfort no there was a still small voice like different th- things like that does he just like pick people that he's gonna be there for no or well, are those people um, are those people just not like strong enough in their faith where they can sense that he's there i i didn't feel like he was there in you just times. realized she was there looking back? Yes. And those people who look back and they're like, nah, I went through that alone. I think that they like perspective. There's an answer for everything. It's crazy to me. Like, on a, like, a totally off note, that two people who could grow up, like, in the exact same household could end up, like, so completely different so completely different free will yeah but like why do i have crippling anxiety and you don't like Um, to the point where like people are like you you should get better medication than the ones that you have because your anxiety is out of control i would say holy spirit and what about like when i was walking with the holy spirit and like still i don't think that you were equipped to fight Because the Bible says, don't be anxious about anything. And I don't want... So you're just equipped No, better. hold on. No, 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 no. I don't want, I don't want this to be, uh, like, me, sound like I'm, like, condemning you. But the... I don't even want to say but because it sounds like I'm contradicting what I'm saying is of condemning. But I want this to be able to be a truth that is experienced. Yeah. That the Bible is our weapon. When Jesus was tempted, he used the Bible to fight right? If you were the son of God, you would turn the stone into bread. He says, the son of God does not live off of bread alone, right? And so he uses the scripture to fight what the, what the enemy is saying. So when seasons of anxiety come and it says, do not be anxious about anything, you quote, Bible says, don't be anxious about anything, but rely. But you could argue that we grew up the exact, exact same, like you know, there was no differences in my childhood experience than your childhood experience. Well, you know, actually, that's a lie. Some things happened when I was young that didn't happen to you. I would say that, yeah, I would say that we didn't have the exact same upbringing. I would agree with that. So do you think that it was those changes in upbringing that led us on such different paths that now you are like a pastor? I would say responses to I'm those like, situations. You know, not. I would say the response to those situations. Those responses that happened when we were like, children uh i forget who says it but they're they're uh oh it's john piper he's a pastor um but he says that one of the most hardest most hard 
one of the most hardest. No, incorrect. One of the most hard things. That doesn't sound right. One of the most hard things. Say most difficult. That would be one of the most difficult things within life or within walking as a Christian is your response to when people sin against you. Because oftentimes we want to sin back. And so I say response because in any in any scenario whatsoever. So you just had like a better, you were more fortunate than me in your upbringing than in my upbringing. No, I think it also goes to. Um, you were just like struck lucky. If, the, no, if God no. doesn't like intervene and there's free will and things happen to me that didn't happen to you. And we had different upbringings because of that, even though we were in the same household, you were more fortunate than me. No, I think that it also goes to, um, like, so why do I question everything that we were founded on and you, do you think that I just run with it? You don't think I've challenged it? I have challenged it and I have gone through that. That's part of like the hard part of Christianity that I've, that I've kind of talked about before. Of Like there is a difficult path to Christianity that people don't like. And so that's why they choose easier paths. The path is narrow. The narrow path, you have to go through these challenging thoughts and these challenging emotions but and mindsets. But if I mindsets. had challenging thoughts at the age of like six, mm -hmm. like, you know, I had big issue with Pharaoh or with God hardening Pharaoh's heart. Yeah, pushing his heart in the direction that he was already going. I know, but like, why did he do that? If he could have, if he could push it, if he can push his heart, why not push it softer? Why give it the acceleration when you could give it deceleration? Because if God changed, flipped Pharaoh's heart, that would make Pharaoh not flipped like, it, just like eased it, or not even intervened at all, not done anything. Um, I mean, like you're thinking about like a ball rolling in one direction, and then someone like straight up punching it and like pushing it even farther. Mm -hmm. I mean, the ball would have stopped eventually had someone not punched it. It would have stopped earlier. There wouldn't have been, you know, like the final plague with the killing of the firstborn. All those Egyptian firstborn murdered. Mm -hmm. That potentially, potentially there could have been a lot of lives saved had God not intervened. But stopping that that rock doesn't ball. remove ball. doesn't mean that the ball's not there. Nor does it Yeah, mean, Pharaoh's will is going to be there. Neither, but... neither does it mean that you're pushing the ball backward. Okay, what I'm saying is there were so many plagues because Pharaoh's heart kept hardening because it was pushed by God. Had he not pushed it, would it have stopped at like all of the cows dying? Because I'm pretty sure the Egyptians would have been much better off and there would have been a lot of lives saved if it stopped no, at the I don't cows think that, dying. I don't think it, it, I don't think that. But he hardened Pharaoh's heart, so he kept pushing. It wouldn't have stopped there. It would just prolong the process. Because God's people needed to leave, right? And so it would have prolonged. And there might have been even more pain that was experienced to the Egyptians. More pain than losing their firstborn children. Yes. If it prolonged and there had to be more plagues, he sped he it up. He prolonged it. No, he didn't. What, what would have happened? if? Okay, so let's just like unpack this because here's the thing. How long is this? We're at an hour now. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, like, Moses is like, let my people go. Pharaoh says, no. First plague. First, second plague. You know, the plagues kept coming. Pharaoh mm -hmm. kept saying, no. Moses kept saying, let my people go. 
if he hadn't intervened, who's to say that Pharaoh wouldn't have been like, oh, okay, all of our cows died. Things are starting to get really rough in Egypt. If this is because of this, then, you know, I'm going to say that this is this is where I draw the line. This is where I draw the line. Go ahead and take the people and go. Well, first off, I want to say that I don't have the authority to, to declare what was happening in that time. But I mean, just based off, like, the story. Based off of my understanding of where I sit now, this doesn't mean that my perspective is won't shift in the future based on my, my perspective now his heart was had to be hardened in order for his people to be let go right and so what how does that make sense his heart hardening is what didn't let the people go false in what way so like if if um I mean, all he can say is yes or no. If mean? his heart hardening meant that he kept saying no, then the alternative is that. So, so you're saying when he said yes, leave, his heart was soft. I think his heart got so hard that it's like, whatever, go. That is what I'm saying, that his heart got so hard that he's like. Mercy. You're saying that his heart got so hard that he declared mercy. That doesn't no, make sense. I'm not, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I, I don't think that's mercy. Mer- no, it's not mercy. Letting the people go free is not mercy. What is mercy? It's saying like... Mercy okay. is not giving someone what they deserve. Okay, then I... Let's rephrase it because I phrased it wrong in that case. Let's... Yeah, you're correct. You're saying that his heart got so hard that he chose to do the right thing. I think that his heart got so hard that it's that if he didn't care, why didn't he just like, if he, if it got so hard and if heart hardening meant that he was absolutely unintuned with the correct thing to do. Okay. So the correct thing to do, let's just like lay out the facts. The correct thing to do is not hold people in slavery. So if the hardening of the heart meant that he chose that he favored the wrong thing over the right thing, then if his heart continued to get really, really hard, the hardest his heart could be would be the total wrong thing. But what you're saying is that his heart got so hard that he did the right thing, which is a little not right. In your perspective. Elaborate. I think, I mean, I think that you see... This is where I think it's like, you know, like there's, there's... There should be an easy answer, but there's not. And like, I mean, this is me evaluating the situation from an adult mind. Imagine how it was from like a six-year-old mind so when I first was like, wait a second. If God's a merciful merciful, and loving God, why did he do this thing that meant that there was more pain? So he pushed Pharaoh's heart in the direction. That it was going. But why did he do that? In order. Why to- did he intervene in like a situation and why didn't he why didn't he make the choice that would be less pain if he can intervene how do you know why it wasn't, wouldn't he intervene for the right thing how do you know it wasn't the path of less pain I feel like a softer heart and an earlier yes would have been a lot better but that would make Pharaoh a robot pushing him to do the wrong thing was also controlling him if it 
even if he was already going in that direction. He was speeding up the development. Pharaoh was, he was art- pushing the development. It wasn't, I mean, you say speeding up, like. Pharaoh's heart was going to get there no matter what. How do you know that? Because he pushed it in the direction that it was already going. So if he pushed it, okay. I don't know if like your brain is hardening. <laughs> like what I'm saying is not going through. Maybe it's because we've been talking for an hour and a half. <laughs> Maybe we need to pause, make note of what we're talking about and pick up for a part two. Well, I feel like we've had this conversation multiple times over the course of our lives. We have, but none of them have been over microphone. I completely forget the microphone's there when I'm talking to you about this kind of okay, stuff. Okay, I understand I that. Really but do. what I'm saying is that my mind is burnt out. <laughs> might have burnt out before we ever sat down. I mean, the day that I had, yes, it has. Have you had a day? Yes. With my wife? No. So, I think that we should pause okay, and pick right. up in a All part right. two. Thank you for choosing Explain with Kane. Join us for part two, where we're going to calm down. Thank you very much. Ta-ta.